It's the Esports Connected podcast, where we welcome members of the Esports Trade Association to share their experiences in the world of esports and gaming. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Heather Larson of Meet Chicago Northwest which represents over 60 hotels, including the Renaissance Schaumburg Convention Center Hotel, as well as the home of Pac-Man Level 257, a brand new Topgolf, Gameworks, Medieval Times, Fantastic Restaurants, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And we are so glad to have you. We should just start with Tell us what a CVB is. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'd love to. CVB stands for Convention and Visitors Bureau. We are also known as Destination Marketing Organizations. And what we do is we represent the cities and towns that we are in. We generally are paid for by a state grant, and then we get matching uh, money from the uh, the local community. So we're a free service for visitors coming and looking at our destinations, whether it be for leisure, whether it be for conventions and business travel. So we are here to assist you when you come into town. We put out visitor guides, we have lists of restaurants, and we also have strong relationships with all of our hotel partners and in helping with those uh, larger events that you might be putting on. So the first step in planning an event, if you're going to be out of your city, would be to call your the, the CVB, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nationwide, there are hundreds, thousands of, of Convention and Visitors Bureaus at your service to assist with all of your group needs. If you have a group coming in or are looking to potentially bring in a group, what they can do is direct you to the appropriate uh, size facility, whatever your budget might be. They can really do a lot of that initial legwork for you, collecting proposals from the hotels or the restaurants or wherever it is that you want to be and whatever kind of event that you want to put on. They will be your local experts on the ground. And then they can also assist you with site tours when you come in and and take a look around. We love playing tour guide for your group needs. Now, you mentioned grants. Is there anything about grants that people should know or planners should know when they're choosing cities? So we are basically funded by a state grant that pays us to to market the organization and to market the area. We do have then also additional grants that we can sometimes offer to show producers, meeting planners, event planners who come in. Not all bureaus have it, and it depends on funding. But yes, many bureaus will have some sort of little incentive to bring you into their destination. And that's another reason why you should get involved with it or or have your first contact be with a convention and visitor bureau sales representative when you are looking to come into a destination because they can let you know what they have available at that particular time. Great, great. Can you tell us a little bit about any incentives that might be happening in Northwest or uh, Meet Northwest or Mm -hmm. Illinois? A little bit about Restore Illinois, why Chicago? 
Absolutely. So currently, my convention bureau meets Chicago Northwest. We're located in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. I actually, my office here is in Schaumburg, Illinois, and we represent eight communities in this destination. We have what we call a new group uh, incentive, and it's an easy calculator. So Talking a little bit about, I know we're going to get into the RFP process a little bit later, but the main benchmark that a hotel is going to look at when they are booking your group into their venue, into their ballroom or in, in space, if that's the kind of venue you choose, is heads and beds. They they make their money on heads and beds. So what we do with our grant calculator and our incentive program is we have a multiplier. So we give you $3 per paid room night off the master bill. So when your group checks out, we get a pickup from all the the individual room nights. We take out whatever comp rooms you might've gotten, any complimentary rooms you might've gotten for staff, VIPs and such. And then we cut a check basically to the hotel directly that will go against your master bill. So it's just, the you can use the money however you want with regards to that hotel bill, the rental and and whatnot in your staff rooms that you might have. So that's one of the the more successful grant programs that we've been doing for a while. It is for new business only. So if you've not hosted an event in my destination specifically, we're happy to offer that to bring you in and hopefully keep you as a long-term event in our Northwest suburbs. And other bureaus have similar programs with slightly different changes depending on, on what they've got. I mean, right there, you know, that's, that convinces me. So wherever city that I'm planning on hosting an event, I I would naturally call the convention visitors, CVB, convention Convention visitors bureau. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That that's great to know. Tell us a little bit about the RFP process, the request for proposal. So when you are looking to put on a live event, and that's, of course, what what we're hoping to do soon, all all of us get out of the house and and put on these, these live events, when you're looking for space, so whether if you're looking for hotel space specifically, the way that a hotel is going to evaluate your program, it's best not to just call the hotel and say, look, I need a room that's going to fit 300 people. They need to know more details than that. And they're not going to just tell you the ballroom is available. They're not going to give you a straight answer right up front. And I know that's frustrating for people who don't understand the process of how a hotel specifically evaluates a piece of business. Also, convention centers are going to evaluate a piece of business similarly. They're going to want to know how much money you're going to spend on food and beverage. How much money do you think your guys are going to spend on alcohol? That's a, you know, obviously a profit area for us. So we don't like to sound too transactional when we talk about it, but I just want to be upfront with you so you understand the hospitality industry is a for-profit business and they evaluate pieces of business based on that. So uh, a successful RFP that's going to get you answers quickly about your availability, about their availability and about what it's going to cost you is going to list out how many attendees each day, what times of days you're going to need the meeting space, including setup. Hopefully you don't need too, too, too much setup before all of the 
heads and beds arrive because again, that is where most hotels are going to be making their money on those heads and beds. So we'll give you a little bit of set set up time. And as long as that's all outlined in the request for proposal, the RFP with what food and beverage requirements you're going to have, organized food and beverage specifically, as well as what type of sleeping rooms you're going to need. So coming at a hotel with this request for meeting space saying, I need a 20,000 square foot room, ballroom or convention center. What kind of office space are you going to need? What kind of, maybe you're having little breakout sessions. Maybe there's little clubs that are meeting on the side for teams or whatever else it might be. We need to know that up front. So if you're going to be taking up all or most of the meeting space in a hotel, they're going to need to know that you're going to be using all or most of the sleeping rooms in that hotel. So it's kind of proportionate. To, to the need, because if they give you all of their meeting space, all of their ballroom space, and you don't use all of their hotel room, then they're going to be stuck with that empty inventory. And a hotel has what we call a perishable product. Once a night ends, once, you know, last night, any empty rooms, we can't resell those rooms. Those rooms are gone from, from that night. So, so we're always trying to make sure we're filling our hotel rooms, our, our, our bedrooms specifically. So that kind of information is important. And there are certain guarantees that they would like to see. Now, through COVID, we've been very, hotels have been very lenient because they've had to be. If you've got COVID symptoms, you can't come, you know, stuff like that. So, so there's been a lot of leniency for 2020 and 2021. As we're coming out of this, it will be more and more strict with regards to those hotel room guarantees. So you want to be careful to protect yourself and be honest about how many rooms you think you'll fill. But if it's not enough rooms to, to, to be an economic impact on the hotel, that might be the reason why you may experience some turndowns and where they, they say, well, we can't really book this piece of business. So flexibility is key as well. That's another part of it. If you, you know, are able to maybe do an arrival on a Sunday, for example, Sunday's traditionally a really quiet night of the week for a hotel. We love to peak on Sundays with our group business. So those kind of little nuances are things that a hotel or a CVB professional will be able to assist you with. They'll be able to help you find a hole where you are going to be a very attractive piece of business for that hotel. And as we enjoy some compression in the hotel market coming out of COVID, because we've got a lot of brides looking to get married and we have a lot of postponed events that are looking to happen, we actually do hope that we will be pretty busy once we open up fully. Now, when that happens, I can't tell you exactly. <laughs> but right. That should be a little bit of a primer on, on what a hotel is looking at when you submit an RFP. So the other thing, a uh, component about this is COVID. So what does it look like coming out of COVID? You know, this is going to be with us for a while. We're, we're worried about the variants. I sit in the state of Illinois, obviously, right outside of the city of Chicago. So in Cook County, and it's a highly populated area. Illinois has been very strict about their protocols, and we have been following the CDC guidelines from the very, very beginning in an effort to keep our residents safe, but also to keep the visitors who do come into our state safe as well. And so hotels, not only in Illinois, but across the country, blue states and red states, have done a tremendous amount of 
work. We've been educating ourselves on how we can keep our guests safe when they are in our hotels, when they are in our meeting and event facilities, restaurants as well, and other kinds of attractions as well, retail as well. So you're going to see, and I'm sure you're seeing the plexiglass, you know, kind of protecting in front of a front desk registration. You're going to start seeing more and more and more. This existed beforehand, the contactless check-in where you're going to have an app on your phone and you're going to be able to go right to your hotel room without ever having to even have an interaction. Marriott is talking about putting in kiosks that would have you not really interacting with another individual, being able to get to your hotel room safely and efficiently. These kinds of things that were many of which were already in the works are going to be here to stay as we move forward. But there's more to that with regards to event setup, with regards to, you know, getting that elbow room. You're going to be in the short term needing to rent more space than you might have needed before. And the hotels understand that based on different parameters that are existing still in each state. Illinois still has some pretty strict parameters on how many people can meet. We can't do a thousand person meeting. Other states can do a thousand person meeting, but you got to be in a big room to do it. So that kind of, you know, the general rule is actually 28 square feet per person coming out of COVID. So that, you know, you're talking about a thousand person meeting, you need a 28,000 square foot ballroom so that everybody can have their own space and, and elbow room. And so there's lots of different ways that that venues are adapting. To COVID and going to continue to be safe for years to come. So with Restore Illinois, the, the program that was put in place by the, the governor and the Illinois uh, Department of Public Health, we are currently in phase four and we're awaiting the bridge phase, which will get us to, to be completely open. So we've hit a couple of KPIs pretty quickly with regards to the vaccinations. Part of the benchmark, for lack of a better word, to get to the bridge of being able to get to a larger events, basically, is what that means. We had to have 70% of our 65-year-old and older residents vaccinated. We've hit that. And in fact, for full opening, we needed to get 60% of our entire population of 16-year-olds and older. And we're, all, we're getting there pretty quickly as well. It's now vaccinations are open for everybody. However, the other side of that benchmark was that COVID cases needed to go down and number of hospital beds available needed to go up. Vacancy, you know, we needed to make sure that we had, if there is a COVID surge, which is always a delay getting into those hospital beds. So unfortunately, people are taken off the mask because they got their first shot and cases are still going up. And unfortunately, we're seeing it a lot after spring break. People went, you know, the the 22-year-olds and 21-year-olds and and whatnot went out and, and came back. And unfortunately, that's been a real struggle Uh, for us. And hopefully we're going to get through this as more and more people get vaccinated and and other states are kind of more or less on the same guidelines. Once we get the COVID cases back down and hopefully under control pretty quickly here in that spike post spring break is, is over, 
we're going to enter what's called the bridge. And the bridge is then going to open us up to 60% occupancy of a meeting or venue facility up to a thousand people, the smaller of those two numbers. So if you've got a giant room that at 60% occupancy, you can fit a thousand people in it, you can fit a thousand people into it. So, but if you're just a small, like 3000 square foot room, you're, you're still capped at that 60% occupancy, if that makes sense. It's a, you need to be a little bit of a mathematician and a little bit of a lawyer to figure it out. Restaurants are, are opening up as well. What we're seeing a lot of success in is where you have venues that have, you know, tents. The the tent business is booming. The pavilions, as we call them, which are the the big white, you know, almost circus tents. Um, So we see those coming up all over town. Of course, in the winter months, that doesn't work so well in Chicago and in Illinois and the upper Midwest or any Northern location, but where we can have that indoor outdoor uh, type of a space, especially for the more social events they're opening up quicker. But yeah, that's where we are right now. And then once we get all of our KPIs back in order, we will be fully open. But masks will likely be here to stay. So tell me about the inquiries for live sporting events at this time. We are definitely seeing inquiries. RFPs are coming through and and people want to get back to meeting in person. We you know, I I believe it, before COVID, there was a, a survey done and it, it talked about about 17% of individuals who enjoy esports have attended a live event. But there are many, many more who would like to. And of course, through COVID, as you, you all know, as well as anyone, e- esports has Then gangbuster. It's like golf. Golf has done really, really well. And esports has done really, really well through COVID. So there is this pent up demand to get together with individuals who enjoy this activity as much as you do. And and some of them have a decent amount of disposable income and, and some of them are younger. I mean, you've really got all demographics, of course, what has been a barrier in the past is cost to a certain degree. So finding venues that are going to be affordable for your guests that are going to be easily accessible. I know there's a lot of events on the East Coast, West Coast to have something in the Midwest might be, you know, an easy drive in market kind of accessibility. But people want to, to, to feel that energy of a live event. They want to meet people who enjoy doing what they enjoy, whether it be esports or any other kind of a hobby and and activity. I mean, we do all sorts of different hobby groups, collectors and and whatnot, and and they want to meet and they want to get together and they're sick of looking, you know, being in their homes, stuck in their homes. So we're seeing some inquiries come through. A lot of people kind of kicking the tires a little bit because they're a little bit nervous about signing contracts given the state. And that is why a lot of these venues are being flexible flexible with those contracts for the short term. And, and we know that a lot of esports events are not necessarily booked too, too far out, which is not a bad thing always either, because then you can find some flexibility with holes in, in venues where they have dates available. Again, if you can, if you can provide that kind of flexibility. But yes, we are fueling inquiries at this time and excited to be doing so. So thank you for the question. One of the things I, you know, I love is I've been clearly doing events my whole career. 
And my first stop is always the CVB. I just find CVBs, you know, you're, it, it's almost like your city personal mirror. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been picked up from the airport by the CVB and our, you know, they say, can we just give you a quick tour? Let me, yes. you know, and then let's just go have a glass of wine and let me just share with you why my city is so great. Mm-hmm. And it, I am a lifelong relationship builder. And it, you know, I think it's so important that we educate our members and our community uh, of this huge value that the state provides, you know, complimentary. As well as incentives, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, and I'll also say that the city representatives that the city chooses for their city is usually, you know, the greatest people because (laughs) here they are representing and, you know, it's, it's, it's no short feat, you know, it's a tall task to represent a whole geographical location with, you know, smile and, and, and information and, and style. Tell me a little bit about, you know, why Chicago Northwest? Well, thank you for those comments. Most, most CVB personnel are, are hoteliers and and we are hospitality professionals we worked at hotels prior Usually, uh, the funny thing about working at a hotel is it never closes. It's open 365 days. And uh, so the lifestyle at a CVB is a little bit more uh, banker's hours for the most part. But I have picked up event planners at O'Hare Airport with my little iPad down by the baggage claim with the other the other chauffeurs. And uh, we love being tour guides. We love to um, offer that level of service, to welcome you to our communities, to show you the various venues, not only for your main event, but also what are they going to do for fun during their off time? Where are they going to hang out? So here in the Northwest suburbs, for example, so our big facility is the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center Hotel, and it's got 150,000 square feet of meeting space. So lots of space in there. Of course, they've got their own restaurants, but you're going to want to get out of the building, right? So mm-hmm. eventually get some fresh air. And, and so we've got a brand new Top Golf right across the street, which has been a very fun, unique, even if you're not a golfer and I'm not a golfer, it's a, it's a fun, unique venue to come visit. You have lots of retail, lots of shopping in, in our Northwest suburbs, comedy clubs. When people think of Chicago, they love all the com- comedians that have come Either were born here, like the Belushi family, or Bill Murray, and 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 his brother as well, his whole family, or have come through here through the Second City Theater, which is is just been a phenomenal success story. So we have some comedy clubs out here. We actually get the Second City Touring Group out here from time to time, but we also have some of our own clubs, whether it be stand up or the traditional improv where audience participation kind of theaters. So there's lots to do and see in the suburbs. And the thing with being out specifically in our Northwest suburbs is you have the accessibility of O'Hare Airport. We are in the middle of the country. So whether you're coming from the East Coast, the West Coast, whether you're coming from Asia or Europe, there are direct flights. So it's very easy to get to from everywhere. Also, once you get to the airport, it's an easy commute to get to your hotel and get to to the venue and get to your event and and it be enjoying yourself with your with your people and 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 also having some fun, you know, wonderful restaurants in the area and so on and so forth. So I've been selling the Northwest suburbs for a little over ten years now, but I am a hotelier by trade. I didn't 
was in downtown Chicago for a long time. And it's just a beautiful area with very friendly people. And I enjoy being here. I agree with you. I love Chicago. I love the suburbs of Chicago. I love the Midwest. And I think we have the best city in the whole world. But I I, I might be a little bit, maybe. It's been great to have you on the show. And of course, having you as a member meet Chicago Northwest. It's such a great regional location with over 60 hotels, again, including the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center, home of Pac-Man Level 257, the brand new Top Golf across the street from the Convention Center, GameWorks, Medieval Times. We don't have to cover the food in Chicago, but... Thank you so much. It's just been an absolute pleasure to have you. I want to ask you one last thing. So tell us why join the Esports Trade Association and what do you guys have up your sleeve as far as representing the community? Well, we recognize the the excitement of the esports industry and and the growth of it and the economic impact of of what has already been accomplished and 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 recognizing that it's only going to grow. So we want to be a part of that. We want to be your destination when you're looking, you know, to to put something on in the heartland in the in the middle of the country. We want to be it. We want to be your go-to and we're ready. We've got some great pro- great hotels in the area. We've got some great attractions in the area and we have a lot of gamers in the area who will attend uh, the live events that that hopefully you bring to this area. So that's why I joined to, to just be a part of this exciting movement. We're so happy to have you and thank you so much. You're um, my first call if I'm planning an event. And, and also it's so nice that you have such a great referral network. Yes. Yes, thank you. Please feel free to reach out, even if you're not looking at Chicagoland. It's okay. We work with our fellow bureaus across the country. We reach out to each other when we're learning about different groups. So it, we we it's actually a rather small community, believe it or not. I mean, we we know each other. So if you have any kind of a question about anything I've discussed today or about anything regarding your event that maybe needs to go some other location. I would be happy to evaluate your RFP. I'd be happy to take a look and and give you some pointers about, hey, you might want to mention this or not mention that and that sort of thing. And and we can also point you to the individuals that you should be talking to that have the right size venues and also are going to have the right right price points for you. So we we have that knowledge and and we, we have a pretty wide network. So be happy to assist in that way. One way that we can get attention to your your request for proposals when a lot of these hoteliers and convention centers are, you know, drinking out of a fire hose sometimes, put the the eSports Trade Association logo on the bottom of your RFP. Let people know that you are a member. Put it on your signature line of your email. Let us know that you are a legitimate business that knows how, you know, understands best practices and understand, you know, are going to be able to your bill and 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 work in a professional manner that is going to go a long way to educating those who might not be as familiar with esports may not understand what it means to bring 
a uh, a live esports event to their venue and your ability to show your professionalism on that level by associating yourself with this association is even if they're not familiar with this association will definitely go a long way so they know that you are part of a community of professional many of you are entrepreneurs who who are putting on these live events for your own economic benefit, but also for the the betterment of the industry and and making it a win-win business collaboration. So definitely, I would lean into that. It's been a pleasure having you today, Heather. Thank you again for being a member and bringing your expertise to getting together again and having an event and the tips that you've shared on submitting an RFP calling your convention and visitors bureau and utilizing your your bureau as a resource. So well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've uh, enjoyed getting to know some of the folks already and look forward to meeting a lot more. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening. The Esports Connected Podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. If you love what you hear, please be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. 